I would like to call our next speaker, um, the former president of the African Society University College Cork, Ms. Sophia Egan. Ms. Egan is actively involved in promoting African culture and fostering integration between African and non-African students. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. Um, thank you, everyone, for the opportunity to be here, and thank you for the committee for organizing the um, conference. Um, so, good evening, first of all. And I'll be talking about, mostly I'll be focusing on the issue of unity, but on my um, experience as a young African-Irish migrant and um, how I integrated and basically a bit of my story. So, can you hear me without the mic? Was it better without the mic? Better with the mic? Okay. <laughs> okay. So, my name is Sophia Judith Egan. I am a woman. I am Tanzanian. I am Irish. I am a student. I love. I hate. I make mistakes. I am human. Now in those few sentences you have seen, I've used a lot, I've emphasized on the I a lot, because it is what we humans use to identify ourselves as we introduce ourselves to people. And it is the most powerful pronoun in every language. It exists in, I'd say, every language. You may correct me if I'm wrong. And even in sign language, it could be, you know. And so, you know, there's mimi, moi, yo, ich, emi, etc. So it exists in every language. And the reason for that is because it is important in when you know, we're introducing ourselves as people. Um, so, I believe that your identity is up to yourself. Um, I believe that you're the one who can define yourself. Society is only there, you know, it creates norms and it creates, you know, guidelines for you to follow. And sometimes it does try to create your identity. But I believe that you're the one who forms your identity and you're the one who is responsible for your identity. And that is also influenced by our culture, our language, our beliefs, uh, the way we express ourselves. And so society indeed does try to label us, to put label on ourselves, but that should not really be the case. Um, so you can be whoever, whatever you want, as long as you relate to it, connect to it, be responsible for it, nurture it and defend it. So this evening I'm going to talk about um, my African identity, you know, as it's what I'm most familiar with, and my journey as I integrated in this Emerald Isle. So I was born on the 26th of May 1994 in Moshi, Tanzania. So I popped out of my mom's womb and voila, presented to the society. So in those days, um, I, it was a small village in which I was born in Tanzania and um, biracial marriages or you know, biracial kids was not really a common thing. Um, so, and my parents didn't really live together, they weren't really together. So I was born to this Tanzanian woman and um, you know, every time I was presented to the society, I was 
everyone was shocked first and you know like you're walking with this beautiful ebon colored um, relatives cousins mother i mean my mom my aunties and every time you'd walk in the streets um especially with my mom would be walking and she'd meet her colleagues and um she'd introduce them like yeah this is my daughter sofia and they'd look at me and then her and then me and then her and like so who is your mom is this your mom and I'm like uh mhm and the child innocent nod like what are you asking like of course she's my mom she just told you I'm her daughter um so you know I'd be nodding that but it kept reoccurring and that was the case in you know many incidences until I started doubting like am I adopted or is this my real mother um I don't really you know like yeah I look around and there's nobody like me really to relate to and you know my dad would come as well and visit me as well and um I'd look at him and look at my mom and I'm like what's what do I belong here hmm um you know then also my friends would like also classify me be like oh you're mzungu and then but I'd be like but I really have never met any mzungu apart from my dad I don't know my Irish relatives at all. Um the only people I've known are my African, you know, relatives, my Tanzanian relatives and cousins. So I was confused. I was like, okay, society is, you know, identifying me as Nzungu, but I'm not. And that was the beginning of my identity crisis. Um so yeah, that was the beginning of it and uh, to be honest, it has been a long journey. But um so Okay, I lost my track. Um a few years after that, um so still with my identity crisis, um due to family circumstances, I moved to Ireland and I of course met my father's side of the family and um boy was I in for a huge surprise. So apart from this, you know, ever grey skies of Ireland, the deep emerald green grass, the clean roads which I was so fascinated by. Why clean roads? Um I was referred to for the first time as black or as African and I was just flabbergasted. I was wow. Um for the first time, you know, my heart I just felt like, you know, this flower blooming and um I couldn't really, you know, identify what that feeling was exactly but it was a feeling of like you know my identity and like I had to travel for more than 4000 miles more than 4000 miles to feel african to feel um for someone to identify me as what I've been identifying myself for a very long time but it has never really been acknowledged by my people so it was really it was great um and i remember even at school um you know they were from ah yeah she's the girl from tanzania and like yeah uh-huh and you know they'll be like so um do you you know grow up with lions on your backyard and the typical questions um and i'll say ah well not exactly like we could also sometimes see them on tv like you guys do you know um you'd have baboons of course you know walking around stealing your food from time to time actually um but yeah so and they were fascinated by that and of course there was even a time that you know um they made this jokes at me um they were like actually well so this guy once in the class was like oh yeah sofia um 
you know, yeah, we were talking about a school trip and, you know, it was about getting the bus and everything. And, oh, yeah, Sophia, you're going to stay at the back seat, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't mind, yeah. And without realizing, and then, of course, the other girls were like, Benji, you can't say that. And then I was like, what I was just saying? And then they all started laughing, but, like, I was, like, laughing with them. And then um, I realized then that it was that racist joke um, about, you know, uh, black people sitting at the back of the buses and stuff. But I remember, like, the guy didn't mean any, like, you know, didn't mean to be mean at all. They were just young lads, you know. Um, new to this diaspora, this immigration um, phenomena. So, of course, I was among three black students in the whole school. Um, so, yeah, I, I remember even with that, that did not bother me at all. I was quite happy. I was like, wow, oh, they consider me black. Man. So I started, you know, even living up to the stereotype of black American, which I only saw on TV. I was supposed to be African. I ended up being black American. Um, so yeah, that was an interesting journey. But in doing so, um, I was, you know, making friends. I became popular with my African stories. Sometimes I fixed, you know, I was like, oh man, we were chased by this lion once. Um, but you know, that all made me friends at first, and also, and um, people were fascinated by this different culture, this whole new, you know, they never heard of anybody from Tanzania before, like, you know, this whole thing. So to me, that was interesting as well. I embraced my African identity. I, you know, hugged it and researched more about it. So when people ask me about Mount Kilimanjaro, I tell them it's like 5,985 uh, meters long or high, and which I did not know that before leaving Tanzania. So I researched more and I really was happy to tell people about it because they also were fascinated. Now, for some people, you might have a different, you know, experience that you tell somebody and they're like, oh, that's, that's awful, like that. But I think that's their own ignorance. As long as you're proud of your culture, proud of your identity, and you embrace that, and that should not be your problem. So, um, it was, yeah, it was interesting that I had to feel, I felt African in Ireland. And then at the same time, of course, meeting my Irish side, I started meeting, you know, learning more about Ireland and its culture. And I embraced that too. I learned Gaelga, which is a difficult language. But, you know, that as well was shaping my identity. And, and that way I related to even people who also speak Gaelga. And, you know, we could have conversations about how this language is, you know, it's important as a part of your identity and everything. Um, etc. etc. So I think like difference is a very important issue in the society and as long people should know that and they should embrace that and so with the community where the immigration today is very common, I'm sure we're all familiar with that, um, there are duties for both the host and the guest. So it is important to understand that you know a community with differences is exciting, it's interesting, it's enriching. Um, you can, of course, embrace your identity, your African identity, your um, Asian identity, your American identity, etc. You can embrace it and it's still, at the same time, adapt to the country you're in. Um, and by adapting, I don't mean that, you know, oh, you start speaking English and forget about Igbo or Swahili. Um, by adoption, I mean you, start, you speak English, you teach Igbo or you teach 
Swahili. So, you know, you, when people ask you about your country or about your identity or about your language, you, you know, you speak to them obviously in a way they could all understand you and at the same time teaching them about your culture. So that way you're showing that even helps you grow because you're doing both. You're enriching them and at the same time you're making friends and at the same time you're creating networks. So, you know, in some cases people come in with, you know, from Africa or from anywhere in the world, I suppose, and I'm using in this case, so Africa to Ireland, and, you know, they change their names, you know, some would have, like, complicated names as, you know, Akachukwe Nwapo, and they change it to David. Simple, huh? As Sibongeni Sibankoke, and they change it to, I don't know, Peter or Philip. And some Nkumbuke Mama Kimbula, and they change it to Kevin. Sounds easy, sounds simple. But that takes away from your identity. Um, if somebody cannot pronounce your name, you know, fine, with the lads, you can say, okay, you can show me, you can call me Nkem for short or something. But I don't think changing your name to please the other um the other minor, I mean, majority of the people, just because they can't pronounce it, is um, a fair game. I think they should learn to pronounce it first of all. They should, you know, get the pronunciation right. But of course, we're not all talented in the old phonetics, so they could obviously, you know, adapt to it. Or you could get a nickname. Um, but basically, to conclude with everything, um, we have so lots of differences, cultural differences. But I think this is all that makes us rich as a society, as a community, and as a nation, in fact. So um, definitely, I would like to um, emphasize to the audience that, you know, find yourself, identify yourself as who you believe to be, who you believe, you know, your values and your culture is. And when you know that person, you know, then um, don't let the society define you at all. And that, I think, is key to unity. We've been talking about African unity today as the theme. And I think for any form of unity, you first have to know yourself, be proud of who you are, identify yourself as what you believe you are, find people with the common interest, interests that agree with you in anything. And I think that's the way you can unite together and create a change in any society. So that's basically it for me. Thank you very much. Thank you for seeing us.